Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stephen Kazakis and welcome to this week's episode of our podcast series at Business Benchmark Group. Today we're going to be sharing, I guess, the uh, the importance of understanding the economic cycle, the business cycle and the personal cycle and how they intertwine and influence no two ways about it, what occurs in our business. You know, when you think about some of our personal cycles, which might be on a high, and how that influences your, your, your output, your contribution, your value add, as far as your business cycle is concerned. When you think about economic cycles, the highs and the lows, and how that could influence business cycle and personal cycle. So it's so important, as, as has been shared in recent episodes, the, uh, I guess, the awareness and the anticipation of where exactly are we in the business or economic cycle, but also in this podcast, we're also highlighting the importance of being aware and anticipating the impact of your personal cycle How and how you as a leader, when you're high, your business output and your business leadership and your business progression, your your value add is so much higher. And when you go down on a dip, in a dip, and you're human, these things happen. You are also dragging unbeknown to you until you become a master of hang on I'm not going to let that happen you drag resources and opportunities down with you so it is so important that we as business owners business leaders influencers within our organization ensure that we are ultimately anticipating and responding in accordance with which part of the personal business and economic cycle are we currently in I'm Stefan Kazakis I look forward to your feedback and your I guess participation on what is an ongoing commitment on our behalf to be sharing these messages with every one of you. One of the most important things that we need to continuously be thinking, one of the uh, one of the most important things that we need to continuously be thinking is, in fairness, where is your competitive advantage? Where is it that there may be a, a slight point of differentiation? Because we're in SME, we're not, we're definitely not Apple, we're not Google, and even those companies have you know, again, they need to continuously work hard in the anticipation area around where is our competitive advantage? Where is, where is our value add? <coughs> How is it that we're mastering our sales and client acquisition process and ultimately also mastering our customer journey or our fulfillment process? Because, I mean, for many of us in this room and, and, and everybody understands that a quote register is very important as is a sales process, as is the ability to understand and measure and understand with, with precision your work in progress register, understanding the timeline of when you promise you will deliver the work that you work so hard to achieve in selling. So what is more important? When you think about anticipation as a business owner, as a business leader, as your business continuously works through the constraints and the choke points of moving through the phases, where, where is the biggest dilemma? Is the biggest dilemma needing more clients or needing to deliver with more precision? Where do you feel? Just think about that internally in your own mind right now. Where do you feel the greatest challenge is as you continue to grow? Building more clients or building a team, a structure, a system, a business that grows in reputation for delivering on the value? 
Where is it that you're anticipating value and your value add, and does it make a real friggin' difference? So when you think about anticipation through the phases, the anticipation at level one versus level two versus level three, or phase one, two, and three are very different. Very different. Now some of it continues, and it continues in fairness all the way through, but the degree of anticipation or thinking time needed as you progress is totally different. And this is the point. The point around anticipation is at what point are you going to be honest to look in the mirror and say, hey, maybe I need to think about things a little different. Maybe I am definitely the glass ceiling that's getting in the way of a thing that's ready to go. This is your business, by the way, for which many of us end up being the handbrake. For, me, for which many of us end up being the reason why I can't outgrow us. And it's the capacity that we, we allow the business to be at. So think about anticipation and, and ultimately, where is your competitive advantage? Where is it that you're predicting and um, confirming where your choke and constraints are and ultimately elevating to a level where that's not going to bother you because you're getting the information well in advance and or the education to do some, again, with pen and paper you can practice many things. But when you go into the market and practice, that's rubber hitting the road, that's money from your pocket. You've got to make sure you're not practicing with no plan. So where is your competitive advantage? Where is ultimately the way you make a difference for the value you deliver that was ultimately promised? And how do you keep on stepping that up? Where is the investment within your business to ensure the fulfillment side of things is as, is as gold star as is the sales side of things, right? So you'll hear many of us, I mean, many of us in, in, in individual conversations, in group conversations, we're talking about your quote register, your sales process and the ability to keep on knocking that one out of the ballpark. But that means zero if your fulfilment process, your delivery process, your delivery mastery is substandard. Your job is to keep clients for life. Our job is to keep clients for life. So if you're not investing time in anticipation, I don't care about the economy. People still need to eat, breathe, entertain, they still need to do stuff. Everyone in this room is a small business. There is not one person in this room that owns more than 10% of their target market. There is not one business in this room that has more than 10% of their target market. Do you understand that? Which means your ability to hold and keep on holding regardless of cycle in the economy is in your favour because you're small and medium and agile and you can manoeuvre whatever it is that you need to manoeuvre to keep on adapting and changing and, and I guess evolving as the cycles go. Out of these environments that we're just about to get into and are really in right now, there are championship businesses that are created in this environment. It all comes down to what are you anticipating and are you <coughs> investing the time to be thinking things through. Thinking things through should not do your head in. Not having the best answer to the best question is not a problem. The problem is, do you have the good question? Do you have that question that forces you to answer something? It's got nothing to do with the answer, guys. Critical thinking in anticipation has got zero to do with the answer. It's got to do with what are the questions that you are asking yourself or are asked of you. And what are you doing about that? Because that's critical thinking. That's situational analysis. That's processional thinking. 
for which one plus one must equal three. I've got to figure out how to get to three, not two. Two survival. How do I ensure that I definitely deal with the constraint, the choke point, the challenge? How do I make the most of the opportunity? Is it an opportunity? What, do, what makes it an opportunity? Is it top line, middle line, or bottom line? What is it? Do we have capacity to, to, to deliver? Do we, do we not so much have capacity to deliver? What do we need to do about that? These are the type of questions that ultimately, in anticipation, ensure that everyone is front of mind at every single stage, no matter where you're, whether you're at the first phase, second phase, third phase, or fourth phase, and no one in this room gets judged as to which phase you're at, because that's top line. Everything we see here is top line, whoop-whoopie-doo. Whoop, go, go and become a $20 million business with half a million dollar profit, that's great. Not. That's crazy. Why can't you do that with five million or two million? Why do you need a $20 million business to have a half a million dollar profit? I mean, you know, do we want to be big or do we want to be rich? We definitely want to be rich. We want effectiveness and efficiency. We want more juice from the lemon. That's what we want. We want the right type of juice from the squeeze. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about anticipation. Every one of you can be in exactly the same position in a year from now in top line. It means jack diddles for us. What's really important to us is are you getting maximum utilisation to your, to your advantage? Are you having more of the ideal target market within your quote register and ultimately within your work in progress? Because if you get those two things mastered, guys, then you have set the base to just keep on growing. The first decision that's ever made and the constant decision that continues to be made is are we working with the ideal customer? That's it. Is our pipeline filled with more of those than not? And if not, what are we doing about that? Because that's called wastage. That's called hand cranking. That's called heavy lifting. And we don't need that. Your systems are built. Your business is built. Your product and service that you ultimately choose to work with are totally built on the decision around who is your ideal customer. Nothing other than that. Now, at intervals, and I'm going to say anywhere between 9 to 15 months, every 9 to 15 months, you need to be reviewing who is my ideal customer? And are we still in the same position we were nine months ago as to we're serving more of those? Now, depending on the answers to that and or what you understand in your anticipation time, you'll ultimately be able to create a, okay, well, let's go and, let's go and play a little bit with this and a little bit with that. And we're going to hear in our, in our case study in a moment with Robert how he has mastered that in the last 12 months and how this has so set him up for a million dollars a month worth of business within the next 12 months. By this, well, by, by the fourth quarter financial year next year, he should be, he should be trending at $1 million per month, $250,000 per week worth of business. Not because he's going to work harder, but because he's chosen and he's so steered the business in a certain direction for which he's now learning how to say no. I've got someone that I can introduce you to down the road, otherwise known as your competitor, and you can go and buy it from them. The moment you learn to say no in your business, now don't take this just from the 10 seconds I'm giving you right now and, and take this to business today. But the moment you learn to say no, not for me, not for us, we can't help you, but we do know someone down the road that can, you have arrived. You are protecting your business when you start to learn to say no. Now, I'm not advocating procrastination or craziness here, please. I'm a businessman that totally understands how do we make more with less, ultimately aggregation. How do we ensure we have more people on the same page, heading in the same direction, with one focus, one ideal ta target market? That might spread into four or five verticals, but it's one ideal target market. Just a little bit of a pause here before I do move on. I just want to make sure no one in this room has fear 
of the next nine to 18 months. I, I'm just really, you're in the right place hearing the right message and being prodded in the right sort of manner to make sure that there is minimal, minimal unconsciousness going on, okay? If you lose momentum, that's got nothing to do with anything other than you took your eye off the one bouncing ball. That's your core business. In the next nine to 18 months, potentially 24 months, if anyone in this room goes a little astray, it's got nothing to do with the economy or your whatever. It's got to do with you took your eye off the ball. There is way more than you can handle and within your industry, let alone if you just thought a little bit more, who, who are the other industries that are of the same level that we want to be working with? So there is minimal excuse. If you keep on listening to this message and do your work, as owners and leaders in your business, the only reason your business may go or get caught up or perhaps purchases a few white flags has got nothing to do with the economy. It's got to do with you going to sleep or thinking a little astray from where you should be, otherwise known as distraction, okay? Minimise the distractions is how you get through this cycle, okay? I've gone through it personally three times. The first time I experienced it, I was a young kid and saw my mum and dad lose an empire. And, you know, that was a learning. It wasn't my money, but geez, it became my money. It became my problem. And I, you know, I learnt through that. So, having gone through three cycles that definitely were dips, the only thing the only thing that mattered was staying focused and disciplined and getting better at anticipation and the plan that gets executed and measured and ultimately ensuring that there is no wastage. Your people are either plus ones or minus ones. If they're not plus ones and they've been given a chance because you went to plus one as well, if they're not plus ones, you move them on. You move them on but you've got to at least be on the one page before you know you can move them on. Don't go and fire people because you were useless. You didn't communicate. You didn't coach them, okay? Cool. So I mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier how there are, there are definite cycles. Can everyone see this from all angles? So there are, there are, three, there are three distinct cycles that occur. There are three cycles that, that occur at any given time. So for argument's sake, if there was an economic cycle, there was an economic cycle that was going up, typically, what would be our business cycle if there's an economic cycle going up? Typically, what would you say? What would anyone guess in the room? That would also be going in the same direction. So let's just say there's a business cycle that goes up as well. What if there was a personal cycle? What if there was some drama at home? What if, you know, what if your parents were at a point where they needed you to attend to them and maybe help them move from a home into a, a nursing home? Has anyone been involved in that process? It's fairly involved, right? So there, there's a personal cycle. What, what, what if one of our children or one of our loved ones, for whatever reason, needed us to be at home for the next month? Or, heaven forbid, something happened and you know, it was unexpected but you needed to deal with it and it sort of took your personal cycle on a, uh, let's call it from a, 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 a standard way of approaching um, your, your involvement in your business to something that looked like that. 
What would happen if your personal cycle was going down a little? What would happen to your business cycle typically? What would happen? It'd be fair to say, as, as, as a small business owner or, or a leadership that's a little tighter, as in, in numbers, the chances of the business cycle following the personal cycle are going to go like that. So look at this diagram for a moment. And, and, and again, when it comes to ownership and when it comes to business, we've got to be thinking at some point, we, it's leverage that's going to help us. It's going to be leverage because there's no one in this room that is a small, as in so small, that it's only you on the team. There are plenty in this room that have more than one, two, three, four, or five people on your team. Plenty. And therefore, we've got to be, we've got to be in anticipation that at some point, something unexpected might happen. And that cannot be the reason why this happens. There's also things that we can't control, and we've got to be in anticipation in, in when that cycle goes that way, that our business cycle doesn't go that way either. We've got to be in anticipation in the what if. For many of you in this room, the anticipation of a plan should also have a plan B, should also have a catastrophic plan. You know, what if you were to take 20% off your forecasted revenue in the next 12 months? What if you were to take 30% off your forecasted revenue? What does that do for everyone in this room? That's otherwise known as a catastrophic budget. Now, when you do that, in anticipation time or critical thinking time, and you've got at least six or 12 months before that might even happen, you're in a position of power, guys. Because the clarity of doing that exercise gives you the power. So this one, we can't predict the personal cycle. We can't predict it. If it's a, if, if it's a home issue or if it's a, a loved one issue or a health issue, we cannot, typically, typically, we cannot predict this one. The only way to deal with the personal cycle is not be the only person in the business that influences the business. Does that make sense? You've got to leverage out the responsibilities of this business must go on in your absence, short term or even mid term, okay? So everyone in this room, just, just pay attention to the importance of, don't get caught sleeping on that one because that's, I mean, we're humans. Shit happens, right? The business cycle, when there's an economic change or a, an environment change or an environment cycle going the other way, we do not follow like white sheep what's happening to the majority of our competitors. We do not. It's not allowed. And the reason it's not allowed is because we're having this conversation, we've had it for a few months now for most of you. Who was at your profit blueprint recently? In, at the end of January, whenever that was. Who was there? Big conversation, wasn't it? That was not about spooking and scaring people, as I'm not trying to do that today. But awareness, awareness with ignorance equals dumb tax. Awareness, and let me get a little more conscious about this and what can I do about this, as in be prepared, guys. Anticipation. Just by putting some pen to paper and some what could be scenarios that might look a little different and not beautiful and colourful, doesn't mean you're going to fail, but it puts you in a position of clarity which ultimately equals power. The ownership journey without having clarity equals wishful and hopeful, which we just said a moment. If I'm in the wishful and hopeful way of doing business, then the chances of failure are higher, right? There's only so much that you can do in the ignorance of what is and what could be and what am I anticipating and let me stress test this in the real market. When you put rubber on the road in your business, which equals whether you like it or not, money, when you put time 
time equals money. When you put time into something or money into something, you're expecting a plus one result. If you don't put time into the planning and the thinking and the anticipation as an owner, then the chances of being caught in the rut are higher. You know, the surprise factor. You only, you only need to listen to 3AW between 5.17 in the morning and 5.22 to just get the daily report. If you're not into reading newspapers and understanding the right newspapers, not Herald Sun front page sort of newspapers, but if you're, if you're not into reading the data that confirms what's going on local, national and global, if you're not into that, and I don't think everyone should be into that, at least be up, be up to speed with what the experts are suggesting in a seven minute debrief between 5.17 and 5.22 every morning on 3AW. I'm not advocating 3AW, but I'm suggesting in that five minutes you get to, to hear what's going on in Australia and the world, which might be, which might be just a little bit of a flashlight for you, right? That's not about getting scared or getting spooked or ooh. That's about your responsibility of putting a little bit more knowledge into your anticipation versus wishful thinking, right? When an economic cycle goes down, typically, typically we feel the business cycle should go up. I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to share with you, and I'm here to just so, whatever it is, as a total team of business benchmark group, I'm here to inspire you to know that when a business cycle, when an economic cycle goes down, for everyone in this room, your business should not be following in alignment with where the economic cycle goes. As a worst case scenario, it should be this. And for some of you that really get to understand ideal target market, build relationships, build strategic alliances, ensure the fulfilment is never ever questioned. Deliver on time and on budget and a little bit more than you promised every single time. Think about where your competitive advantage is, understand how your value add could work for you and make sure it's meaningful. Value delivered and not perceived is of no value. Value created but not delivered is of no value. So be careful about your value add thinking in your anticipation and use Damien or I and the team to just bounce off your ideas around, is this value add Damien? Is this value add Sarah? Is this value add Tyson? Do you know what I mean? Just don't, don't, you're not on your own. You have us as your strategic thinking team. We don't have all the answers, but hell, we've got some great questions to keep you thinking. So when an economic cycle goes down, as an owner in your business, I'm here to tell you that champion organisations were born out of downturns. There's no one in this room that's going to die, okay? Your job is to go rightward, upward, okay? I don't necessarily look for that in the business cycle, and for those that can do that, well done. On behalf of my team, my fantastic team, Tyson, welcome to the team. Um, in, in the next uh, 24 hours, you'll be getting another reminder regarding your P&Ls and balance sheets. Please, guys, it's as easy as clicking a button or asking your bookkeeper to do it. If you have any challenges, reach out to us. We'll help you with it. Get the financials to us so we can start logging and stamping and we can get on with the work that we have designed and ultimately going to be created that will be realised, not perceived. Right? We will be delivering on this. In, in about six to eight weeks' time, we will be manage every, managing every one of your cash flows. Every one of them. I'm not leaving anything to chance. I'm not interested in surprise conversations. Oh, shit, Stefan, we got caught in the storm. Oh, fair income. How long were the clouds brewing? Oh, about 18 months. 
Okay. Fuck. Don't, don't get caught up in that conversation with me when we're into a conversation that's saying eyes wide open, anticipation right up. Okay? So we're here to help. That's what we're here to do. You guys are the heroes. You're running your businesses. We're running ours. But at the end of the day, we're here to guide and empower. We're also here to put the flashlight on, put the flashlight on on what exactly are you doing because you're holding the business end of the business shovel. You're digging. You're doing. We're putting the flashlight on everything that you're doing and saying, hey, look at that. What about that? Hi and welcome back. I guess uh, the sharing of that message and the importance of understanding, you know, every so often, as I guess some um, influences in our business, confirming and ultimately addressing what is our optimum capacity, what is our maximum utilization, how is it that we can get a better squeeze on our asset to ultimately deliver a better level of juice? How is it that we are constantly looking at within our current resourcing? How is it that I can maneuver, adapt, adapt, be flexible to ensure I'm getting a better result? As owners and leaders, we have an opportunity to make one decision out of one key question. Do I want to be rich or do I want to be big? Now, big can only happen if that is your choice. That can only happen if you're constantly benchmarking against your business optimum capacity, your business maximum utilization. That's how you can continue to be big and never ever forget and be okay, I guess, with journey. Journey behind you, experience behind you to confirm that you actually want to be rich as well. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Not everyone is prepared to die. So do the hard work, do the good work, do the profitable work that has you and your team, ultimately your business, continuing to be benchmark. I'm Stefan Kazakas business benchmark group where we empower business owners to continuously, continuously achieve business and quality of life success. For more information about business benchmark groups, coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03 0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.